Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Man, I love shows like this. I love sitting down and going one-on-one with Rocco. Um, he's one of my favorite humans on the face of the planet. Uh, obviously, he was our original co-host on Drinking Bros. Now he is the star of Mayans MC, which is the number one ranked show on all of cable right now, which is crazy. Uh, we told you it was going to happen, and it did. Uh, now he's back today to chat about a new book. God damn it, this guy's busy. Uh, he's got a new book out called Light the Fuse that is available for pre-order on Amazon right now. It comes out October 24th. And uh, he's here to talk with us about it and uh, catch up on his life since the premiere of uh, the Mayans MC. We love when Rocco stops by, man. It's it's just always a fucking great show. It's it's like it's like putting on your favorite old sweater. It's like Cosby putting on his favorite old sweater. Okay, maybe not Cosby, maybe not Cosby, but somebody else. <laughs> uh, no, he's look. He's our best, one of our best friends in the world, man. And he's he's just a fucking all around awesome dude. These shows are always great. He's great. Uh, we're, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, as always, we have some sponsors who pay for this whole shit to be on the air. By the way, we have been listening to who you would like to to have on as sponsors. Uh, the one that we've had the most requests for over the last three years is CombatFlipFlops.com. I want to tell you, we reached out to them and we said, hey, Drinking Bros audience loves your products. They want a fucking promo code. They want you to be on Drinking Bros. Will you do it? They, they said yes, um, which is awesome. So we heard you. Uh, they're on. We're doing it. We're, we are now with CombatFlipFlops.com. Veteran owned and operated. You saw them on Shark Tank. Um, these, these sandals are made in war zones and post-conflict areas. Uh, so look, some of the proceeds go to fund like education for Afghan women, um, then, which this really pisses off the radicals. Nothing pisses off the radicals more than funding education for Afghan women over there. Uh, they also fund landmine clearance and, uh, look, they're bad for running and even worse for fighting. But they're the best sandals on the planet, man, for just hanging out. And they, they just look cool. You could wear them with a fucking suit, for Christ's sakes. Uh, I love. Look, we've been a huge fan of these guys forever. Um, I'm amped that they decide to do the show. And uh, the look, the promo code of Drinking Bros gets you 20% off. Uh, that's a big savings there. You guys have asked for them to be on the show. They are now on the show. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com, promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off. Uh, whoo, amped, amped that we could do that, man. Because again, we've been flooded with them for fuck probably two years, and uh, we were finally able to to reach out and and work a deal with them and, and get a deal to you guys uh, for our audience members. We really don't give a fuck about the rest of the people. Anybody who listens to the show. Next up, we got BlackRifleCoffee.com. You hear them at the top for a reason, kids. Best coffee company on the planet. Love everything that BlackRifleCoffee.com is putting out these days. They're, those salt rock coasters, holy shit, man. They fucking spare no expense on their uh, apparel and or uh, mugs and, and fucking trinkets, man. I mean, Jesus, coasters, dude. How do you make the coolest coasters in the world? These guys have fucking done it. Uh, they also got new mugs that are double the size. So if you're like me, I'm a 2K cup a guy uh, morning. That's how I start my morning. 2K cups, boom. 
I was tired of filling up the same cup twice in a row because it just felt like it was pointless. They finally made a, a huge double cup for uh, the assholes like me who drink two K-cups a day. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the one-time promo code of Bros for 20% off and uh, peruse their entire catalog. I would highly recommend, though, you use that 20% off on the Coffee Club of the Month program. Uh, that's your biggest savings. That shit just gets dropped off at your doorstep once a month. Uh, exact same date every single month. They never miss, and it's about $4 cheaper than Costco. They got bags and K-cups. Uh, next up, we got a fan fave. Everybody's still drinking the Strike Force, man, and I get it, dude. I drink this shit every afternoon when I'm crashing. StrikeForceEnergy.com, four amazing flavors. They got original, lemon, orange, make America grape again. Whew, that 750 milliliter bottle got me through some rough times during the hurricane. A lot of cleanup, man. And uh, Sean Matson and the boys, dude, up and down the coast, uh, helping out people, giving Strike Force out to the first responders. Love those guys over at StrikeForceEnergy.com. They also have a subscription of the month program. I would uh, look, sign up for that as well. It's cheap as fuck. Packets of Strike Force are only like 99 cents a packet. Uh, just try a box of 10. I think it's like 10 bucks fucking awesome uh it'll change your life no carbs sugars all that shit and it goes into every liquid available you don't need cans anymore so they don't need to take up space in your fridge or in your backpack or whatever the fuck you're doing go to strikeforceenergy.com type in the promo code drinking bros for 20 percent off and that's good every time next up we got ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros yes i'm not saying ghostbed.com anymore i'm done with that it's it's ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros it's the, it's the mattress of choice for all of the drinking bros out there. We love them. We sleep on them every night. Yes, this is real. I, a bunch of people are buying them, and they're like, hey, man, fuck, this is really is as good as you said it was. We would not have a sponsor on for this long if the mattress was shitty. The cat would have been out of the bag at this point where it would have been like, okay, guys, uh, eh, this mattress sucks. Like, fuck you guys. There would have been an uprising. Can't do it. Can't do it for a sponsor that's that's been here for shit close to two years at this point. Uh, love, love, love the ghost beds, man. Love their ghost pillows. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros for all the deals. Uh, these are all exclusive to drinking bros listeners. You get like $100 off a, a mattress, uh, $400 off a bundle package. They've also got a new cooling mattress that everybody's getting. And I've got to fucking get one. I don't know if they make it in California King yet is the problem. But uh, it's about 15 degrees cooler. And the rest of your shit. Uh, I like to sleep cold. So does so does my lady. Um, I would I would highly recommend you getting it. And their adjustable base is is amazing, man. Second to none. It's like a Craftmatic. Comes in a box. No assembly required. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today, and they have a pay as you go plan, which is which is amazing because uh, mattresses can get a little pricey. But no, you don't have to worry about that there, which is nice. Uh, next up, we got grillyourassoff.com. Grill your ass off is the seasoning of the century. Um, it's also, you know what today is, kids. It's ass-eating season. Started. It's October 1st. It's starting. Grillyourassoff.com's got a new promo code of ass-eating. Yeah, you get 20% off with the promo code ass-eating. Uh, they got seasonings for, for steak, chicken, pork, all that shit. Crispy Avia has got a spicy habanero that uh, is delightful. And their beef jerky is the, the greatest thing on the planet. I highly recommend that sweet and spicy. It's 100% American beef. And, uh, dude, it's it's the best in the biz. Uh, love it, man. You get a four-pack for 25 bucks. Uh, that promo code will save you about 5 to $7 off the package. Try it, man. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in that promo code ass-eating. 
Ass-eating season, dude. It's ass-eating for 20% off, or you can use Drinking Bros for 15% off. Your call, Holmes. You make you make the decisions. Uh, next up, we got BattleBox.com. B-A-T-T-L-B-O-X.com. Uh, BattleBox, doing it right, doing it tight, doing it all night. It is everything you need in this world for survival and tactical gear. Uh, they're, they're, I think, one of the biggest on the planet doing it. What they're doing is, is picking all the best shit from all over the world, put in one box, and then shipping it straight to you. It's like Christmas. Every fucking month that box comes. Uh, everybody rifles through that shit. Uh, they, the boxes range from $24.99 a month to $124.99 a month. They've got boxes for everything, man, across the board. You go there, they've got a fucking box for it. Hunting, fishing, uh, natural disasters, all of it. I might even have a rape kit. I don't know if that's true, but check it out. Go to one. Uh, go, go to BattleBox.com. Get the boxes $124.99. The, the reason why I say that is with, with the Drinking Bros promo code of, of 20% off, Shit's like 100 bucks. It's probably like, I don't know, $800 worth of shit in that box. And you get a free knife every month when you sign up, man. Big fan of BattleBox.com. Uh, super amped that they're on the show. Uh, last but not least, let's get into When Darkness Falls. He doesn't catch it. Um, the sequel to the hit, At Night She Cries While He Rides a Steed, written by Ross Patterson. Greatest audiobooks on the planet, by the way. Um, those are running about six and a half hours. And everybody asks the same thing, like, hey, man, can these episodes be longer? Uh, I wish they could. Everybody's got fucking crazy busy schedules, but uh, these audiobooks are, are are gold for six and a half hours a piece. It's all a team of actors. Shit's like airplane. So every other line's a one liner. Uh, drop the fucking hammer on these. I promise you, they're the greatest on the planet. And currently, when Darkness Falls, it doesn't catch it. Is the highest rated book on Audible. Yeah, the entire fucking site. You're welcome for my brilliance. It's what happens when you hire an Oscar winner to to play Harriet Tubman. Now let's hop into the show with a fan fave and an original Drinking Bro co-host, Vincent Rocco Vargas. Do I need to clap when you clap? No, you don't need to clap when I clap. Uh, it's it's a one clap <laughs> system. You know that by now, Rocco. How many of these fucking it's things? Been have you done? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Here's the thing. It's been it's been so long that I don't know whether to call you Drinking Bros co-host uh, Vincent Rocco Vargas or Mayans MC star Vincent Rocco Vargas um, because the, the ratings were through the roof, my man, on that first episode. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying star, but I'm definitely in the show somewhere. <laughs> Not, you know what's funny, man? So we, we actually did a show uh, about you, uh, ironically. We were talking about uh, everybody's path on Drinking Bros since we all started in you know, Jared's garage, essentially, and what's kind of happened to everybody. And Matt and I sat down and watched the premiere of, of Mayans the other night. And, you know, you can listen to it on, on that other show that we did. But, uh, man, we were all super impressed. Like, Matt, Matt was like, Jesus Christ, man. Not only were you amazing, but he was like, I didn't know he was going to be in the show that much. Like, <laughs> fuck. I think that's everyone. I think everyone. I, that, I kept telling my lady that, right? I kept telling her, like, I think a lot of the guys are going to be surprised in how much I'm actually in the show. Like my character is totally weaved into the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, look, I knew from talking to you, but it's, it's one of those things where, look, I understand Hollywood. Now you do as well. You can't tell people that over and over and over again until you're blue in the face. We're finally just like, just watch the goddamn show. 
And then after yeah. that, all your all your questions are answered. I'm sure you felt relieved when that show came out, and and it was just like, ah, finally, I have to stop answering these fucking questions about what I've been doing for the last year and a half. Well, you know, you know, the worst questions you get now is like, bro, why don't you talk more? <laughs> like, uh, bro, I don't fucking run the show. Like, I just, let's be clear here. I'm blessed to just fucking be there, dog. If they hadn't said nothing, I'd have a smile on my face still. <laughs> By the way, no matter what you do uh, throughout the rest of your acting career, from your friends, that will be the eternal question of, yo, why don't you have a bigger part in that? I don't understand. <laughs> That's all I've gotten my entire life. It's like even leads and shit where you're like, hey, I, look, unless you're Tom Hanks and Castaway, I can't be in the entire motherfucker by myself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, what's the response been like, by the way? Because uh, online, uh, look, everybody, and we had chatted about this a few weeks before the show came out, but online, everybody, drinking bros, you know, wise uh, around the globe was just was waiting. They were having parties. What, what's been the personal response for you since the show has is, is aired? It's been good, man. I think you see a lot of people that support it. I think a lot of people are just proud to see a veteran doing that, you know, doing the acting thing. Um, you know, family's excited. I got the text from mom like, oh, my God, my baby boy's on TV, which is fucking cool for me to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you remember, my mom went to L.A. to try and be an actress, and it obviously it didn't pan out. I think it's kind of cool that now I'm doing it and she's sitting there watching the TV. So, but you know, it's been good. Like a lot of people have been reaching out. A lot of people I never expected reached out and saying they support it. And so that's always nice. You know, um, it's, it, you know, what's funny is, is people are like, man, is it crazy now? Is your life different? Like, fuck no, it's the same. I still got bills and, and I still have kids that take a, pick up the school and no one knows who the fuck I am. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I, look, that's the beauty of living in Salt Lake City where it's just like, all right, great. You, you can have a normal life there and everybody will treat you the same. You get your groceries, you take your kids to school, all that stuff. I think if you were in L.A., it would be different. Um, no, I know it would, man. Those guys have been calling me and saying like... Southern California is insane right now. Like there's a huge buzz there because it's, it's filmed in Southern California. You know, it takes place in Southern California and a lot of the, the, you know, the Latin community is really backing it. And so they're, they're saying it's insane down there. I'm sure it is. So uh, to to your point, I did a movie with uh, Danny Trejo right, right after machete came out. It's probably a week later. And because of LA County is 83% Latino, um, that he, he was their hero. He was the first one to, to them. That was a gigantic movie star lead in his own movie. Um, the, the Mayans is the same way. And I remember Danny, like, dude, after, after we got off uh, set, finished shooting, there was a line of just young Latino men, uh, probably about 300 deep, just waiting for him to get off set so they could get a picture and autograph. And God bless that guy. He's, he stayed for about three hours and, and took a picture yeah. of every single one of them. I have a feeling with this show, it's the same way. If you were in LA now, I don't. I, you would be stopped everywhere you go. Yeah, you know, I get these a couple friends from high school messages, and a couple people here and there that are just like, "Man, my favorite character is Gilly," and I'm like, "That's cool, man." And so it's it's cool, dude. I'm glad I don't have to deal with it right now, but I'm sure. It, I think season, you know, if I get all the way, you know. Say, you know, somehow I'm season five. The show goes great. Right. Shit's going to be different. You know what I mean? But I think right now we're in a nice, comfortable space and, and just, 
uh, I don't have too much to worry about. Those guys can deal with that in LA. I'm good in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you this, like, you know, from the insider tip, just looking at those ratings, a season two is coming. Like that, that's that's almost a given at this point. The ratings were too high, so there's there's no way there isn't going to be a season two. What have you heard? Nothing yet. I haven't heard anything. So you know, I think that's one of those things. I, I I can't see them not say yes to a season two, but we haven't gotten a thumbs up. I haven't heard any buzz of that. I think see how the the fifth episode goes and really see where everything's at. Um, again. Just me, I don't, I don't know. You know, I haven't heard. I'm so focused on the other projects right now because it's like the only thing I can do because I don't want to stress on that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I totally get it. I can just tell you, I, look, looking at these ratings, there's no way they don't do it. Uh, usually, I would say they wait till about episode four or five, somewhere in there, before they, they make the decision just to make sure it doesn't fall off the table, obviously, the ratings. But uh, I, I think you guys are safe, and, and I'm, I'm amped to see you uh, go on for, you know, 10 seasons, hopefully. That'd be fucking awesome. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Have you had anybody come out of the woodwork, like people you don't know or friends that, you know, you didn't talk to and be like, yo, man, remember me? What's up, dog? Proud of you. There's a ton of that, dude. There's a ton of that. There's a, there's a couple there's a couple guys that I know were just watching, but they're like they just never wanted to impose. And so those guys I really just appreciate that they're just like, look, man, I never want to say anything, but I just want to say congrats. You know, and those guys I'm like, hell yeah, I give them a follow back and I just kind of get right back. We we kind of get back to our old friendship when we were younger. But there's a couple guys that like, hey, what's up, dog? <laughs> I can't believe it. That's how he talks. He goes, What's up, dog? Uh, I saw the Minds MC. He goes, Let me tell you something, bro. You should change you should shave your beard. And just have a goatee because that's what a real Chicano looks like. And I about <laughs> lost my mind. I about lost my mind because I was like, what the fuck? And I said, I was like, bro, we grew up in the same fucking city. Calm the fuck down. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, bro, you know, I grow, I have a beard in my normal life and I'm Chicano just as much as you are, bro. Uh, and I was just like, dude, at the same time, I was like, I'm an actor. I choose my facial hair. I can't. They choose it. Yeah. I, I'm just lucky enough they gave me a beard. <laughs> Yeah, people just, they don't understand. And that'll, by the way, that'll never end as long as the show is on. Yo, man, you should do this. You should do this. They should do this. And it's like, cool, man. I, I'm, I'm working for someone else. That All of those decisions <laughs> fall on someone else, not me. Bro, guys that message me like, hey, dude, do me a favor. I wrote this, I wrote this script for, uh, for Kurt. It'd be good for the Mayans. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works, dude. I'm nobody. Like, let's get the fucking, let's get the, the, the chain of command here. I'm fucking Private Joe Snuffy. I just got in. I'm, I'm keeping my goddamn mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but look, from the outside, everybody's looking at you like, dude, he can hook it up. He's going to bring his whole crew in. We're going to be writing this bitch. I'll probably be directing. Um, and that's would, this hey, is bro, not how it works. I would, I would love to have like a fucking, an entourage of my homies from, from back home and friends, you know, but. I'm not there yet, bro. <laughs> no, and, and I will say this. Don't don't ever do that because when you start bringing like all your bros and all that shit to set all the time, it starts to wear on the crew. It starts to wear on other actors. And like I, I've seen it on different sets and I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, you got to be fucking kidding me with all these people here. Um, well, that's the one thing is like there's professionalism. You know what I mean? I would never, I don't, I don't ever want to impose that kind of shit. I never, I never would. And, and that's just crazy. But like, 
it'd be really cool to have some of my friends back home. Like, Hey dude, come, come, come work, live up here in Salt Lake with me and work with me on other projects. So you still have the, the friends doing good things. I got a couple uncles, man. If I ever own a ranch, I guarantee I'm telling them to move here and pay them decent money for them just to run a ranch because that'd be a nice life for them. Yeah. But also I'm going to, I, I want to have a ranch one day, but I can't sit at a fucking ranch all a goddamn day. I got shit to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. And those would be the nice things. Um, I'm just talking about going to set with an entourage where you're like, oh, bro. Uh, you can Because it's like proper protocol. You can bring your family, obviously wife and kids. Everybody loves that. Um, you know, one or two friends here and there. But when, when you start rolling eight deep to set, people are just like, Jesus Christ. Who, who told this motherfucker he was famous? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I get uncomfortable bringing my dad and he's a medic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh man, that's fucking awesome. So you're working on another project in Salt Lake City right now, another show. Yeah. Are you allowed to talk about that yet? Is that set? No, man, but I'm telling you, you the first one I call when I'm allowed to, trust me. Yeah, I've yeah. Been working on it for a while. Yeah, so I look really, we've been talking about this for fuck, you've been working on this for over a year at this point. I I know what it is. Obviously we won't tell the audience. But But uh, I think people don't understand that's 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 show business though. It is. Yeah. You could be working on something for years and then probably never see the light of day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Look, I've done movies. like Because people go to IMDb and be like, yo, man, I thought you were in more shit. And I was like, I, look, I've done fucking 35 movies. About 10 of them haven't even come out. And they probably will never see the light of day to be, to be realsies, you know? Yeah, and that's the weird thing, you know? It's like this project, almost two years. Yeah. You know? I yeah, I've seen some cuts of it. And my body changes. And I'm like, damn, I need to get back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> eating, but, you know, so, eating all that craft service, dude. That's the best food on the planet. Dude, I actually get in better shape when I'm not home. When I'm home, I, I get lazy. It's tough with kids, isn't it? And especially, you, it is. look, you have six and everybody's got different eating habits. There's Cheetos and fucking Gatorade all over the goddamn house. And you're like, eh. I'll, I'll have that one extra piece of pizza because you don't want to throw it away, you know? It's just, you know, it's easier to just convenient as well when you have sports. It, you know how sports goes, dude. I, if I'm cooking dinner, I know Joe cooked dinner around 1 to 2 o'clock so it's ready by the time the kids get home, we can do it. That's the only time I can actually cook a good dinner. Or else it's like, dude, we got to get fast food. We got we got wrestling practice here. We got lacrosse practice over here and then volleyball game over there. And it's like, oh, smokes. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, how's your wife been through all this? Good man. She uh she keeps me grounded. She talks shit to me more than anybody, so it's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, with your no, man, with your travel schedule now, I, I'm I'm assuming her and six kids is is, is tough. Yeah, but like this this thing, I've I've denied a lot of stuff. So you know, I don't go to L.A. anymore until I won't go to L.A. until I get a call to have to go to L.A. So I've been home now for almost what almost two months now, a month and a half. Oh, it's great. And I'll, yeah, and I'll be here the whole time, all the way until whenever I get another call. So that could be all the way until mid next year. You never know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm home. I've been home um, the whole time I was filming. I was flying home on the weekend. So it sucked, but it wasn't terrible. I think now, I think she's getting tired of me. So I'm home <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been good. And, you know, we have all the holidays coming up. So we're excited about that. We're just, it's it's just, we're, we're so busy. So the days fly by and then the, and the nights are, are short. So. We uh we're enjoying the time now and knowing that next next season, uh, if I get the call back and everything is good to go, you know we have to do it again. So we're prepared for it. That's great. That's great. Well, look, man, I wanted to chat with you today specifically about your book, man. You've got a book coming out. I do. 
I do, man. Well, I was uh, in California. You know, I actually was explaining this on my podcast. Like, I've been wanting to write a book, like a real book, not a kid's book. Those are easy to me, but I want to actually write something. I just felt like it's too early for me to write an autobiography. And you even mentioned that. We talked about it. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's too early to write my story. I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're still, um, you're still, you're probably in chapter, you know, four or five of your own autobiography right now. You still have yeah. so many chapters to go that I think it's, it would be premature right now. Yeah. And so then I, you know, I, I, you know, I always want to go out there and help in some way, shape, or fashion. I've wanted to do a leadership book, but I think, again, I want to, I, I need to get a little bit more notoriety for someone to believe that I even have leadership capabilities, which I do. I just, I just feel like writing a book about it right now, it's not the right time. And so I decided to do like a self-help book and, and I did it in a way, you know, in a way where it's really learn from my life's mistakes, learn from lessons learned in my life and how I've either dug myself a hole or got myself out of a hole. Things like motivation, things like uh, humility, you know, and I give uh, a life lesson of what I learned, you know, and, I, and, and a kind of a takeaway and how I how um, the mindset I use now in life to help me continue to be hopefully successful in every other aspect of my life. That's awesome, man. So uh, where did you find time to sit down and, and write it, though, uh, with your your crazy schedule? I know you I know you personally, obviously, and I, and I know you you love to write and you write all yeah. the time sporadically. Uh, how long did this take you to write? Uh, about five months. Uh, every, every it was pretty much I was staying up and I told myself, like, look, this is the right time while I'm in L.A. with no kids and no wife um, during the week while I'm filming. You know, I, I, I chose I started getting up early writing and then going to sleep late and writing. And I and I dedicated myself to doing that. I said, no shit, you're going to sit here and write. And so I kept compiling a bunch of ideas, taking some of the stuff that I've written before, adding it to there, you know, expanding on ideas. And, and I just kept just trucking along. And little did I know, by, by, by the time of five, um, after five months, I had almost completely eight chapters completed. Holy shit. Yeah, and, and this isn't a, a, a long, long book. This is just a quick self-help. It's an easy read. It's a quick chew. But, um, you know, there's a lot of open and rawness in there. It's just my life. And you know how I, you know, just, just how I write or how I speak, I, I try and keep it as open and, and, and honest as possible for the reader to hopefully relate to it. Sure. Let me ask you this. Is there going to be an audio book from it? That's my biggest problem right now. Um, with the publisher I signed with, um, they do have audiobook stuff, but it's all in LA. So I'd have to go to LA and do that. And I'm going to try and see if I can find one here in Salt Lake. And if, if there is, then I'll start in the, probably in the next two weeks, I'm going to start knocking it out. That's awesome. Yeah. I, cause I, I wanted, the reason why I asked, I wanted to give you a heads up on this. I don't know if you know this, but, um, Amazon bought audible. So everybody, every author out there or aspiring author, you can record your own audiobook and upload it to Amazon yourself. It's uh, acx.com is the name of it. So if you if you were able to get it recorded and edited, um, they they give you like a tutorial of like how to break it up into chapters and how much space to leave and all that other stuff. It, it's super easy for a sound editor to do. So if that was something you were interested in doing, shit, man, all, all you have to do is record it on those, those that podcast mic you have, those, those 7B, those uh, Sure 7Bs. And yeah, you're good to go, man. Um, yeah, I might do that, dude, because 
You know what? I've listened to um, a Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk book, and he did audiobook. And you know what I liked about it? It was different from the book. He actually stopped and said, all right, well, I didn't say this in the book, but let me better explain this. Boom. And he kind of threw some, some cool things in there. Yep. And that's what I would want. I'd want this book to be, if I was going to do an audiobook of this, I'd be able to dig a little deeper on a few subjects that I couldn't on the book because just for the, 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 the sake of didn't want to be too wordy, you know? Yeah. I, and look, I did the same thing with my audiobook as well, where it's different than the, the, the print version. Because, you know, when I'm there, I can improv and do other shit. So anybody who got the audiobook of this last one, When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It, like, you get both. You get two different versions of it, and it's just like, all right, awesome. The thing about audiobooks is this, is uh, everybody who listens to podcasts typically wants them to be longer all the time. That's the biggest note we get into Drinking Bros of like, hey, man, I love the podcast. Why don't you go three hours like Rogan? Well, our, our schedule doesn't permit it, whereas Joe Rogan, I mean, can do this for his whole life because that, that that's what he that's what he does he doesn't have to do anything else um yeah so if you read your own audiobook man it would be fucking dope and i would highly encourage you doing it because people like to hear it in your own voice you know from rock yeah no for sure i would i i you know what i'm gonna try and figure that out you know i'll actually message uh i'll email my publisher today and see how we can get that started here in salt lake because i actually have a i do adr already at this company up in uh, downtown Salt Lake, and so I'm Im- I'm imagining they can do it there as well. Yeah, they can absolutely. I, I recorded my first book. Uh, let's see, "A Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed" was recorded at a ADR studio here in Wilmington. I didn't have my own studio set up at that point. I don't think the podcast had started yet either. Um, so I, I went to a, an ADR studio here in Wilmington. A, a little guy that was behind a, a Christian bookstore. Um, you know, <laughs> late forties, Jimmy Buffett, dude, like partier. And, uh, I was like, Oh, I didn't know you recorded audiobooks." And he was like, look, man, I'll do anything just to stay on the road. And I was like, Oh, he was in like a fucking cover band, like an eighties cover band. And he just traveled. To- man. Yeah. So when you, when you find someone to write a forward for a book, how do you like to do that? Cause I, I, here, here, the reason I ask is cause I'm asking a, a buddy of mine. I say buddy loosely, like. We're friends, but but I've never drank a beer with the dude. You know what I mean? I highly respect this dude. Sure. Um, and I and and I asked him, but I don't want to ask anyone else yet because I, I don't want to. Someone else say hell yeah, and then this guy say yeah, I'll do it, and then I'm like fuck, you know. So I, how do you go about doing that? Because I did ask him already. I'm waiting for the response, and, and I might not get a response, and that's probably his, his way of saying no. But you don't know. Well, there's there's two different types of people who will do a forward for you. Um, if they're super famous. Cause this has happened to me before on somebody else's book that I, that I wrote for them. Um, you, you hit them up, you usually get their blessing and, and sometimes they'll be like, Hey man, I'm too busy. Can you just write the forward for me <laughs> and then use my name? And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Um, and then there's other people who are like, Hey, I, I, yeah, I want to take the time and, and I'll write it and I'll give it back to you. So th- there's two schools of thought on that. If your guy is super famous, offer him that uh, that olive branch and say, Hey man, I got a guy that can write this for you in your voice and, and then, you know, run it by him and get it back or, um, you know, wait for them to, to, to write it. But I would keep hitting them up and say, Hey, I think he's going to say no though, bro. I think he's going to say no to even writing it because he's so busy. That's what I think. I would, I, I would, I would offer them the latter say, look, I got a guy who can write it. If you'll just proofread it and, and give me a sign off on it. <laughs> like i love the dude yeah, he's so dope so i wouldn't even be offended but it's like i, I i'm one of those guys that just like 
I could have asked 10 people and gotten like, two answers yes and went for it, but I just went for one guy and hopefully he fucking does it because if not, I'm going to have probably my dad write the fucking forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, man. The The book world is strange. Like I, I write. I actually write all of my shit and it's me and, and no one else and, and whatever, right? But I, look, I've, I've ghostwritten for fuck a, a bunch of movies and, and other people's books and all that shit. And I've gone through it. So I know the drill celebrities in particular, and I'm not saying your guy is a celebrity. He may or may not be celebrities in particular. They don't write. Um, and their schedules are so busy. They don't really have time, but they also don't mind lending their name to other people. Uh, you know, it helps build their brand and, and build their shit. But I would say if you're, Gun to head, I would say probably 85% of like celebrity forwards you read in books aren't written by the actual celebrities. And that's a mm. high number. Yeah. So well, we'll see. You know, um, we'll see, man. I'll give you, I'll, I'll shoot you a text if I get the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know because I'll be curious. If you let me know who it is, I can tell you if, he, if he'll hit him or her. We'll definitely write it or not and how to approach it because I, I've been down that road before too. I'll text you. I don't want to put him on blast. He's, he's honestly someone I highly respect. And I wouldn't want him to feel uncomfortable with, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I, I've gone through this a bunch of times where it's just like, Hey man, I didn't hear back about this thing. And then one of them was just like, you know, extremely hasty about it and just said, look, man, just fucking write this for me. And then I have my wife proofread it. And I was like, great and i got the sign off but it was somebody else's book you know i i i was just a hired hand at that point but yeah it's Fuck weird it, isn't it yeah dude because you never want to be that guy dude just like look man like his name is important but really his message is why i went to him because his message is very on on the where we have paralleled ideas on several t uh topics and so it makes sense yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah so yeah, I could I could easily ask freaking any of you guys to do it, but for me, it's like for this book, it made sense to kind of go parallel with someone who speaks on a similar topic. Sure, sure. I, look, that, and that's always the best route to go is uh, keep it in theme with your book. If something is right. out of step or out of theme, um, then you know, yeah, because that's the first thing the readers are going to read. It'll throw you off for the rest of it, where you're like, wait, what? Like, like if you know, for example, if you got like Ted Cruz to write your forward to be like. All right, sweet. Ted Cruz is super famous, but what the fuck is he writing Rocco's forward for? You know, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. So I sat there for a while trying to figure out who would who would best represent this book, right? And then another book is going to be someone else who best represents that one. That's just how I felt like it made sense. So, <laughs> Can I, I'll we'll tell you, I'll tell you a fuck some story about mine. My new my new one is. Uh... <laughs> I tried. I, I licensed a picture by Stephen Hawking. And I wrote oh, a, a, an entire forward that Stephen Hawking wrote the forward to my new book, <laughs> and it got nuked. They threatened to oh, sue. My they God. threatened. They threatened to sue, and I was. <laughs> I got into the lawyers about what I couldn't and couldn't say because he's dead. Like Stephen Hawking is is dead, and um, they were like, "Look, man, the estate is going to come after you," and blah 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 blah. Like I would nuke this at the last second, but I just did it because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, that would be the only thing that would fit in my book. But yeah, I tried to I tried to hawking it up in the in the opening, um, you know. But depending upon uh, what you're doing, like if it fits with your subjects, uh, yeah, uh, fuck, stay that's in the hilarious. theme. Yeah, stay Dude, in the theme. Well, we're 
we're still, you know, it's already on pre-order, but we're still editing some fine-tuning, and man, that shit stresses me out, dude. Sucks, right? Yeah, it sucks, dude. Like, that's what I'm doing every night right now. It's like, I'm trying to focus on other things, but I can't. I'm so nervous about this book turning out to be a fucking hot mess, and so we're working on it a lot. And the publisher's, like, sending me like this, and then, or the editor's sending me this and this, and I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, the, the the one biggest thing I can tell you is look out for spelling mistakes. Um, yeah. Because even as big as the, I don't know who your publisher is, but as big as the publisher is, like uh, on my first one at night she cries, it was Simon and Schuster. And look, let's face it, Simon and Schuster and Penguin are, are the two biggest in the entire world. I thought I was in safe hands when I, I turned it over to the Simon and Schuster editor, and I was like, "Great, you guys are going to spell check this." Yep, got it. We're all good. Um, I went to record the audio book and it was two days before the book was supposed to go to print. There was seven spelling mistakes in there. Dude, I, I heard that this is the second time I've heard that from the same publishing company. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, so cause of my concern, because of my concern of that same exact thing, I actually hired my own personal editor. who's going to have the final read. Yeah, and that's the smartest thing. Like Matt, Matt and I hired one as well for his book. Um, God knows when that'll come out. But uh, we hired an editor, paid the money because, you know, going through this, again, you're going to get that one, you know, to 10 assholes out there who read your book. If they catch a spelling mistake, they'll blast you on Facebook and Twitter. You know, oh, I just read Rocco's book on chapter 13, page 189. He said the dog, <laughs> you know, instead of that dog. Fuck him. And you're just like, oh, God. And that's my nightmare, too. So everything you're going through, trust me, that's, that's, that's all that goes through your mind. Yeah. So it's going to be good, man. I, I think it's cool. Like I said, I, I'm excited about it. I think, you know, I don't know. Shit. Am I I, look, I'm excited for you. You love writing. This is one of your fucking passions. Like you've always been passionate about this for years and years and years. I know, but the problem is, is like, what happens when you put something out that you're super proud of, and the rest of the world's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, I would love to be a New York Times bestseller. Fuck yes, it would mean a lot to me. Growing up being dyslexic and growing up and freaking not knowing how to read and and, and really struggling with that, all that stuff is cool. But it's like. I also sit here and write, and I hate being self-indulgent. So I'm like, I don't know if it's even good enough to put into a book. It's just my own fucking kind of journaling. And then, and you know what I mean? And so, like, I, now that I'm so deep into it and I'm so close to putting it out there, I'm actually more insecure about it now than ever. Yeah, because I, I, here's what, what happens to you, like, during this process is you've read this thing a million times. No one else has read it. And then you start scrutinizing everything you wrote because, you know, for the millionth time, you're like, oh, man, the audience is going to think this is boring or they're going to think I suck. Is, is that what you're going through right now? Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's brutal. So uh, it's common. Oh, oh, fuck. Every single thing I've ever written is the same exact thing. Because you go through it and spell check it and rewrite it a million times. And you're like, man, is anybody going to like this goddamn thing? Like, I've, I've seen it 80 times. I'm sick of it. I'm sure the audience is going to be sick of it. And then you have to remember back to the first draft that you wrote, that you loved when you first read it. And you were like, oh, shit, this could really be something. And, and truthfully, that one feeling right there is probably what it is. Um, very rarely will it be something else once it comes out. Uh, it's just you as the author are sick of it, and you're sick of your own voice at this point. Yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what dates is it supposed to come out, by the way? October 24th. 
Oh shit. You're you're like less than a month away. I uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're you're really cutting it close then. Um, really close. But but that's no, that that's also normal. I I will say this. I think if I remember correctly, it's about 12 to 14 days before it goes to print is where you can make your final changes and that's it. So you got about 12 more days here. Yeah, I know. That's what, so that's why every night's been this and it's been, I'm ready for it to be done, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm giving it all the energy I possibly can. So, so it's quality, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And once it comes out and it's out into the world, that's one of those things too, where it's, it's probably, it'll be like the Mayans where you're like, well, nothing I can do about it now. Fucking shit's done and it's out in the world. So either it's going to be awesome or it's going to (laughs) suck. That's it. (laughs) Um, uh, how's the barbershop doing? I want, I want to talk with you about that, man. I've been seeing a lot of pictures online and, uh, I, I, it's black salt studios. You're, you're, you're partnered up with, right? Will, Will and those guys. Yeah. 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 Well, I it's, love it's that space, Will. man. I love it. Yeah. So Will was, you know, managing all the other tattoo artists in the front of the house. And he said he wasn't, he wasn't able to focus on his career. I felt like he felt like his, his work wasn't, you know, advancing and, and he was just too much, too much worry about the rest of the shop. And so, you know, and me and him were friends. We had dinner one night. And I said, "Look, man, why don't you just close off that front half and just open up a different business?" He goes, "Well, what would it be?" I was like, "I don't know. Are you interested in a barber shop?" He was like, "Hell yeah!" So, you know, I went to Luke and me and him with with Beard.com thought it made sense to have a barber shop, you know, associated with Beard.com, and so we did it. And now, you know, we have you know a fully booked schedule for three barbers right now. It's 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 been good. These guys are making good money. The shop's doing well. Um, we're continuing to draw in traffic by different kind of means, whether it's a video or whether it's a, you know, you know, we're going to do another hosting another event there soon. Um, we're working on all kinds of stuff. We're going to get the tobacco license so we can sell some, uh, uh some fire tobacco in there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's still growing, but as of now, I can't, I can't complain. It's been really, really good. Yeah, man, I've been seeing all the pictures online, and I'm like, shit, uh, that's got to be the dream. I'm sure for Will, he's ants. I mean, look, we we all love Will XX. Um, you can follow his work on Instagram, by the way. I think he's tatted all of us at one point. And um, he's a great dude, a great tattoo artist. And uh, he's also one of those people that, you're right, man, he needs to create on his own. I'm sure babysitting other tattoo artists was a fucking nightmare for him. Well, yeah, it just sucks, you know? So, yeah, because everybody's now, got their own schedule and all that other shit, and you're just like, uh, at least with barbers, I mean, fuck, you, you got to get people in, uh, and everybody wants to see their favorite barber, and that's it. Like, if I don't go to my my dude, I'm pissed off about it. And that's the thing, you know, trying to build a community where people are used to the same barbers being there for a while and, and getting comfortable with their cut. And so we finally have the three guys that are pretty solid and, you know, always interested in finding a couple more down the road when things really pick up for them. And we're getting close to that point where we need to just open up two more chairs. And so that's a good thing. You know, it's good for business. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and if you can, look, if you can put some cigars and some whiskey in there, congratulations, man. Uh, life doesn't get really better than that, does it? No, that's it. So we're working on that right now, actually. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, look, since I have you here on the show, you know it's almost mandatory because you know it's me, you, and Matt essentially who follow uh, boxing and, and, and MMA. I got to ask you about this uh, Anthony Joshua fight. Did you watch it the other night? I didn't see it, dude. What happened with that fight, dude? I, I kept reading all this stuff. What happened? He not he look. He beat the piss out of uh, that that Ovechkin guy, and um, man, I. 
he looked like the real fucking deal to me. So I want to see him fight Wilder. I, 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 I still think Wilder beats the brakes off him, but um, that's the mega fight that I, I want to see back in boxing. Uh, did you yeah, watch that, that Triple G Canelo fight? I did, and, and I, I'll tell you what. I wasn't mad at this decision. I think um, it was well-deserved. I think it was closer than what they had it. But at the same time, uh, Canelo switched it up, man. He came at him. He deserved that win because he was definitely the aggressor. He was bringing the fight to Triple G. Triple G looked tired. Triple G couldn't seem to get his rhythm down. And um, and, and even though Triple G was winning on CompuBox numbers and everything looks good, from from the from the person sitting here watching the fight, it didn't look as hot. You know what I mean? So I think Canelo was well deserved of that decision. Uh, I think Canelo. I think uh, Triple G won the first one. So in my head right now, it's one and one. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised when because tri- tri- I, I, me personally, I thought Triple G eked it out. Like I would have I would have said it was a one point one to two point victory on every judge's scorecard. Just just me personally watching it for Triple G. He walked out of the ring and, and didn't do interviews afterwards. I don't know if you saw that. Um, he yeah, was, yep, I saw that. He was livid about it. Um, well, and it's his first loss, and you know, uh, I think he was screwed on the first one. The first fight, he was definitely screwed. Oh yeah. I just, I just feel like Canelo changed it up and actually did enough. And 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 it was as crazy was for some reason there was things that Triple G didn't do in this fight that he does in every fight. He didn't go to the body as much and that usually the body sets up the head and he wasn't using those body shots, whether it was, he was intimidated to drop his hands, whatever the case it was, but little things like that. Uh, I feel like it took away from his normal style of boxing, which normally gives him the win uh, as well as he looked gassed. He looked fucking gassed. And maybe it was because he had to defend himself more. He was he was now on the defense, and so it was a different approach for him. So it took it winded him a little bit. It's like someone who in MMA who wrestles against a wrestler all of a sudden. These wrestlers usually gas you. It's almost a similar thing. If someone's coming at you, there's a little bit of an anxiety thing, and you you tend to wear out a little bit more if you're not the if you're not in your comfort zone. And I think that's ten, that's what that's what lost the fight for him is the fact that he wasn't throwing the body, he wasn't his normal boxing, he couldn't get his rhythm, and he, he looked gassed. Yeah, I, I I would say he did look a little tired. Again, I I had Triple G by one or two rounds in in this fight, but uh, I'm curious to ask you this: since your dad's one of the most famous cut men of all time, do you watch that fight and then call your dad afterwards to ask him what he thought? Yeah, but my dad, I know how my dad is. He's got his favorites, man. He he will never, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he'll never give you an like, honest opinion. No, no, he's not going <laughs> to tell you. You know, he's not going to tell you. Uh, I, I didn't, we texted him, like, it was a good fight, it was a good fight, and I was like, that's well-deserved, and he was like, yeah, it was, it was a good fight, you know, but we didn't get into the, to the, to the details, because it's me, him, and my brother on a group text for every fight, and so we're always going back and forth, and, um, you know, my dad thought Canelo won. Okay. Um, uh, he did as well. He thought What'd your brother think? He liked Triple G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- so it's like, I think everyone was divided, and actually, it was an honest division, where no one was like, oh, fuck, this is bullshit. No, it was like, Okay, that was a legit fight. Yes, the judges judges always fuck it up. They always suck. But I felt it was it was more justified than the first one. The first one was a terrible decision. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the first one was uh, that was awful. You didn't have the big uprise of like, oh, corruption, corruption. No, this one was like, okay, that was legit. It was a good fight. Um, I want to see number three. I do too. I wonder. You think Canelo will do it though? Is 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 my question. I think you have to, to, to legitimately show the world that you did win. 
because of the fact that first one was so controversial. But again, like it's whether it's whether Oscar De La Hoya would let him. You well, know what I'm saying? Well, who, who, yeah, and and I get that because, like, uh, to me, I look at De La Hoya now almost as if he's trying to become the new Don King. If you're going to tell uh, me he that he, he didn't influence that first decision, that first fight, you're fucking crazy. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know what, what's a bigger money fight out there for for Golden Boy Promotions than that one. Nothing. There's right. nothing. Yeah. There's no, nothing worth anyone wants to see unless, for some reason, um, you got. You got Gar- Garcia that's pr- trying to come up. You got freaking everyone who would have to go up a weight or they'd meet down at a weight in between when you got Keith Thurman, you got Spence, you got all these other fighters. But that's a big drop for Canelo to do, and I don't see why, why it would be worth it for anyone to even attempt that. So, like, you know, I, I think I'm it's with good you. Yeah. I'm with you. I, look, I think unless – I was going to say Floyd Mayweather, but I, I heard Floyd Mayweather is fighting Pacquiao again. Did you hear that? Yeah, they're talking about that. And again, it's going to be another shit fight. Mayweather's going to run. Pocky's going to chase. And nothing's going to happen. That's what I think. I don't, even, I don't even know if I buy that fight to you. I wouldn't buy it. I'm not going to buy it. No. I'm, I'm more excited about this new fucking uh, Nate Diaz fight they just matched up. Ooh, boy. That's going to be great. I love watching Nate Diaz fight. 165-pound division? Dude. <laughs> he's, he, be- he's a blast to watch, man. I fucking personally he's- love that guy. So is so is uh, Dustin Dustin uh, Poirier. Where is what's his name? Dustin? How you say his name? I don't even know. But whatever the case, those two fighting against each other is going to be fucking exciting as fuck. But not even that. If Diaz wins, and then freaking McGregor wins, that matches it up for a match at 165, which which McGregor could make. Yep. And then potentially hold three different belts at one time, or at least be a holder of three different belts. That I, 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 that is my end all be all dream. By the way, for this both of these scenarios, um, I want McGregor to win. I want Diaz to win, and I want to see a mega fight with with the two of them. And I think that will break because I think I think McGregor could be will break the the pay per view record for for UFC. I think if, oh. if if both Diaz and McGregor win, that McGregor Diaz fight will will break that record. Then easily, easily, that right there to me is the best fight that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, I and, wholeheartedly agree. And with Diaz holding the 165 belt, it's like, oh my God, that just puts a little bit more salt on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And if McGregor had three, forget it. That guy would be the he's he's the biggest athlete on the planet at that point. You know, I think he already is. You know, I think he already is, but it's just kind of making that that gap a lot wider. Yeah, I think he needs to win this fight um, because it's been it, look. It's been two years at this point. It, it, the last two years, he's been a great personality. He's been fun to watch on social media. But I think he needs a big victory to really cement. Hey, congratulations! I'm I'm back, motherfucker. And dude, and it's no walk in the park, bro. No, it's no, it's not. That is a tough, tough fight. Man, no one's ever seen Khabib lose. So no, and, and look, I, I hope it's now. Did you watch that press conference the other day? The first press conference. Yeah, <laughs> that, that guy is gold. That guy McGregor is just walking gold. That guy. Every time you he, watch, it's more entertaining than watching a sitcom. He's our version of Muhammad Ali, but like times ten. Yeah, yeah, and you, it, I don't know if you saw this, but he signed a new six-fight deal with the UFC, not only for himself but for his whiskey company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's 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 genius. That's what he's doing right now. Is like, look, I don't even have to fight, or I don't even have to win. No matter what, I'm making money. Yeah, and I heard they're gonna put his whiskey bottle, that whiskey company, on the mat for this upcoming fight that he's doing. 
oh my god yeah this guy is and then you're going to have fucking Jameson buy him out for billions and call it a day. Yep. Uh, same as, you know, Clooney and all those guys, yep. man. It's, cr- it's cr- yep. crazy. It's crazy. Because l- let's face it. I had that Casamigos. I- are you, you're a big tequila guy. Yep. What do you think of it? Bro, it's very rare that I find a tequila I drink. I'm like, ooh, that's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fucking tequila, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that fucking fancy. There's some mis- there's some mezcals out there that I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But again, it's like nothing is worth what they bought that thing off of them for, That's man. what I thought. <laughs> when I had it, I was like, somebody at a party had it, and they were like, oh. And they carried it around like all proper like. Like they were stoked to have it at the party. Like, oh, we we've got the Casamigos. Would you like some? And I was like, yeah, you know, I would. I want to taste what a $4 billion tequila you know, tastes like. I tasted it, and I was like, meh. I don't really give a shit about this. It tastes like fucking tequila. Yeah. There was no like, you know, what was the, the, the Cuervo Silver or whatever? Like, I, I thought that was better than that Casamigos, me personally. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I didn't give a shit. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, you travel around the country and you do all these events, and I'm sure you're the same way. You have different liquors in every city because there's a lot more distilleries popping up. And there's small distilleries out there that, are, that aren't that famous that are fucking great. I, there was a company Dude. we did a thing with yeah. uh, called Stateside Vodka in Pennsylvania. Never heard of them. Their fucking vodka was phenomenal. And they, they have a huge distillery, like, on site and everything. And I was like, God damn, stateside vodka. This, this shit's amazing. Um, there's a yeah. bunch of companies out there that we don't know about. Dude, it's, it's, here's the thing, man. Like, to distill liquor, you know, it's not like it's some mystery. You just got to find someone who puts the right ingredients together and it tastes good. It's it's just you know how much it costs to be a big name. It's a lot of marketing dollars that freaking a lot of these companies are able to have that get them set up to get bought. Yeah, there's a lot of small time dudes that don't have that capability, but they're still making amazing shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, look, there's a lot of companies out there who put out amazing products that all they're all they're missing is marketing. Because we this is another question we get to the podcast all the time is like, hey man, can we sponsor? Can we get our name out there? And you know, look, the show has grown over. We have 3.2 million listeners now. Prices have gone up and all that other shit. And uh, like Strike Force is one of them. If they had the if they had the marketing money of uh, Red Bull, the, the Strike Force would be the biggest energy drink on the planet. To me, that that shit is superior to anything else I've ever had in my life. And it's not because yeah. they're sponsored. That that's that's real talk. Um, your your buddy uh, Luke Webster, fucking love that guy. Straightrazors.com is a sponsor in Ross Patterson Revolution. His aftershave that smolder. Is my yes. end-all be-all. I think that is the greatest aftershave ever made, and so is their cologne. I love their fucking cologne more than life itself. If they had a gajillion dollars in marketing, they would be the biggest on the planet. It's kind of whoever can market the best wins in today's society, right? It is, dude. It is. That's, that's exactly what it is. And the thing is, like, Let Singer's Whiskey is got a freaking, you know, we have a big push behind us because of everything we've done from Article 15 to Range 15 to freaking, you know, even the Drinker Bros podcast has put a lot of steam behind it. That's like in its own version of marketing. Yeah. But it's like, man, imagine where we could be if we had, if I had five million just to put towards the marketing budget of Lessing's Whiskey, we would be competing against fucking Jack Daniels. Easily. Easily. And that's a small amount of money compared to what they spent. 
Oh yeah, the, I mean those guys are dropping hundreds of millions in marketing. I mean there's shit. You take Jim Beam, they hired Mila Kunis to do a set of ad campaigns. I was watching I Monday, know, bro. Monday Night Football, and she's selling me Jim Beam, talking about this is my barrel. It's like when the fuck does Mila Kunis sit down and crack open a bottle of Jim Beam? Yeah, but you know what? It works, didn't it? It does. All those, all those, all those mothers out there that watched her on freaking what is that movie? Something like Angry Moms or some shit. Or like, <laughs> yeah, she's <bad>. right. <laughs> bad moms. They're like, bad she's moms. Right. Yeah, start, yeah. Now all of a sudden, these women are out there buying fucking Jim Beam. That was their approach to attack women, and which is great. It's genius. It's fucking marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's frustrating, man. I because I sit there and I look at uh, again, man. I look at these other companies that that we just talked about, like Str- Strikeforce, Straight Razors, all that other shit. And I'm like, man, if somebody just gave them the same marketing dollars uh, overnight, those guys would blow up because their products are superior. Um, that's all it is, dude. You know, that's all you it is is marketing products. dollars, man. It's it's fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy. You know, that's why I'm hoping with with you know Mayans MC and this other show that I'm working on, that's going to give me enough notoriety, enough eyes on that i can help market the brands better you know I, obviously i own beer.com and which is owned with luke and the sa- it's all the same kind of company we're, we're trying to grow all of them together but dude it's just hard to just do that There's, everyone has a beard company but we want to show that we have really quality shit as well as like fucking really blue collared fucking environment that we come from so it's, it's tough dude and and hopefully with everything that's going on we're going to bring more attention to Lead Singers Whiskey. You know, we're going to bring more attention to Beard.com and fucking, you know, my own brand, the Vinny Rock, you know, Vinny Rock website. All that stuff is just trying to, you're, you're, you know, this book essentially is marketing. People yeah. get to know who I am. They like the book. They go see who I am. They see what brands I represent. Boom. They see all the stuff that I do. And it, it's all a version of marketing. And it's, it's, I guess it's the cheapest way of doing it, but hopefully more long sustaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because all, all, look, all this shit is a fucking marathon and not a sprint. All these assholes who are trying to get rich quick, like, it never pans out. You, you have to be in this for the long run. And I'm sure your social media has grown since the Mayans, I would imagine, right? Yeah, it grows. It definitely grows, man. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm, I've been smart enough not to pigeonhole myself in different, different things that algorithms are shutting down, right? Like the gun world, the algorithms are shutting down. So oh, yeah, they're, they're nuking them out altogether. Right. And so I've been smart enough not to really be, you know, heavy gun, gun, gun guy, but, but I've never really, I'm not really a heavy gun guy. I'm just enough of my family that I shoot when I shoot and, and I have what I have, but you know, I've been smart enough to kind of stay in that space and also algorithms suck from growing, but like, it doesn't hurt when you're on the number one television show. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, the name still grows. And so as that grows and hopefully the other show, it'll grow and we become a, a more powerful tool for marketing. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and look, the podcasts help as well. Um, I, I think the, the, the key is like, dude, with all the businesses you have, if you had enough money behind you so that you could just walk in, record a podcast, boom, somebody edits it, puts it up, you're gone. Then you can go to the next meeting, the next meeting, the next meeting. That's what I've learned with, from like watching Mark Wahlberg and all these guys. They have people in place, so they're just going from thing to thing to thing. That's how they're able to be successful at all of it. But it takes a shitload of money behind you to pay these people that's, to actually do it, you know? That's the thing, you know? And, you know, and so that's what hopefully my podcast, you know, the Vinny Rock podcast, is really going to help me segue a lot of that stuff. You know, I do have my sponsors that, 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 you know, help out with that. Same as like the rock, you know, the Ross Patterson, uh, revolution. You know, revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then I do have a, a merch store now and, and stuff. And so all that stuff, all that money just goes straight back into feeding the podcast, making the podcast a more, 
um, an easier spot for me to do. So I'll be able to go to a place, record it, promote whatever I want to promote that time or talk about whatever I want to talk about at the time and then walk away. Yeah. And then as I walk away, it's doing its piece, it's marketing, you know, the merch store is making its money. And then I could go and work on maybe book number two, you know what I mean? And then after that book number two, then I can go and work with the kids and hang out with them. And so hopefully the money from that will be able to pay for things like that, you know, and, and that's what the goal is, right. To be able to continue to spread a message or whatever, whatever each person wants to do. Like I personally want to continue to fucking, you know, grow my my brand by social media, whether it's public speaking, whether it's books, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So. Yeah, well, look, man, uh, this is the point in the show, obviously, where we get to the drinking bro of the week. Who'd you like to give it to this week? Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's give it to Luke, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's do give it to, to Luke Webster, man. Uh, how, how did Luke come into your life? Uh, we were in Vegas for range 15 and he was a contributor, a, a pretty significant contributor to the, to the movie. Um, and he saw that we were going to be in town. He jumped on a flight with his buddy and they flew out there to, to party with us and we drank and he had a mustache suit. suit. On. Yeah. He had, a, he had a, a suit full of mustaches, right? Yeah. And so that's where me and him started talking and that's where we kind of started the relationship and continue to become closer friends and eventually that's where beard.com was was started that's awesome man yeah i look i luke does uh he's a sponsor in ross patterson revolution and i mean shit we're uh 250 60 episodes deep at this point and um he was a day one homie man and they they do he also owns straightrazors.com and just a great guy really fucking dry and funny um yeah really dry and funny and he has our sixth sense of humor um i I, dude i love that dude and at fuck since we're talking about him i'm I'm, i'll give him a shout out go to straightrazors.com use the promo code revolution for 20 percent off they've got fantastic products across the board and they make the same products on beard.com right yes it's almost exactly well it's the same uh but we we don't have the razors on on beard.com what we have is all beard products you know you have your beard bombs your beard oils you have your shampoos and and whatnot so it's definitely all there he sent me a a thing of your pomade too by the way which i fucking love that elvato elvato yeah that's a good one man that's that's a really good i I love that brand i would love to go head to head with fucking suavecito because i believe we can beat him but uh you know again that takes marketing dollars yep (laughs) Yeah, I know. Same, same, same old question, dude, over and over and over again. Well, once again, remind the audience where they can find you on all your social media platforms and where your book is going to be available on October 24th. Yep. You guys know it's Vinny, uh, com is my website. It has the shop on there. It has all my social media. You can find my Instagram is vincent.rocco.vargas. Um, on Twitter, it's the real underscore Rocco. I'm using that a lot now because uh, we do a lot of live tweets for, uh, for the show. Um, my book will be on Amazon. You guys check it out. It's called light the fuse. It's pre-order right now. Uh, tell your friends, if you know someone who's just hit the wall and can't get past it, you know, someone who's, who can't seem to figure out why this life is fucking up. Trust me. This book is for them. Get that book, hand it to your friends, light the fuse on Amazon, go pre-order it right now. Yes. Pre-order it right now, dude. Support our day one homies, man. Rocco, thanks for being on, dude. I, I love you, buddy. It's always great to catch you, up. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day, buddy. All right. Later. 
Once again, that was Vincent Rocco Vargas, man. Uh, still one of our best friends in the entire world. Lo- love the guy to death. Super happy for all of his success. Please go out and support all of his endeavors. He's uh, genuinely one of the greatest guys you will actually meet in real life. And if you ever get a chance to meet him or talk to him out, um, he's always down for a picture, always down to chat with you. And literally just a heart of gold, that guy. Uh, love him to death and, and we miss him on the show. Just want to thank him for being here and thank you guys for listening at home or in your car or fuck in a, in a steel mill, wherever you're listening. We are grateful to you. I'm Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone. Peace.